0: Welcome back to Cinematters, the film podcast coming from and to a cinema near you. My name is Ella Kemp.
1: I'm Dan Tereen.
0: And we are back with another episode of the film that you should go and see in cinemas this fortnight. But before we do that, let me ask you, Dan, how are you doing?
1: I'm fine, thank you. Uh, I've been watching a lot of courtroom dramas for some reason. I don't know why, but I thought I'd recommend one this week. I watched a really good Nazi judging film called Judgment at Nuremberg, which follows the Nuremberg Trials. If you're interested in that kind of thing, what have you seen recently?
0: So it was actually after watching the film that we are about to speak about, I went and did some research and I watched a film called Tramps on Netflix, which is this body comedy road trip, but with a guy and a girl who are wrapped up in this crime thing. It's nice, it's fun, it's on Netflix, it's an hour and a half.
1: I'm looking forward to seeing how you can tie that into what we're gonna talk about, but okay. Oh,
0: it, it makes complete sense. Sure. So to kind of loop this back to the film that we are talking about this fortnight, this film, both films, both Tramps and Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, star the one and only Callum Turner. <laughs> do you know who Callum Turner is, I do Dan? not. Callum Turner is a British actor who plays the powerful aura and war hero Theseus Scamander who is Newt Scamander's brother and we are talking about him because the film we are talking about this fortnight is
1: as you said it's Fantastic Beasts The Crimes of Grindelwald which is a sequel to the 2016 film Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It follows Newt Scamander who is a magizoologist apparently. He's sent to Paris on a mission by a slightly familiar face maybe just a familiar name and he's trying to find and protect Credence who was the powerful and dangerous Obscurus from the first film, but is racing against powers from the Ministry of Magic and slightly more evil titular powers.
0: While that was a very clear and very safe description, Dan, I really would like us to, and therefore will, add a big old spoilers disclaimer right now, because a lot of the things that I really liked about this film and a lot of things that have caused conversations among people have to do with the plot... So if you have not seen The Crimes of Grindelwald and you would like to see The Crimes of Grindelwald, please just put us on pause. Just just run to a cinema, you know, set a timer for about two and a half hours and then come back to us after you've seen it and then we can all talk about it and it'll be great so now that everyone listening is someone who has seen this film let's think about who else is seeing the film dan has the cinema been busy in the past fortnight
1: yeah it came out on friday so it's been pretty hectic all over the weekend sold out screenings from friday night onwards to sunday night and it's full of kids parents are bringing their kids which is something that kind of surprised me i thought everybody who liked Harry Potter was sort of our age, like early 20s, who grew up on the original films, the original books. But I guess it's just being reintroduced to every new generation, and that's great. And it's great to see new audiences coming to see and hopefully catching up on the the other stuff.
0: I read in a review this week that it's very interesting the kind of people who are coming to see this film, because the kids who grew up on harry potter and now bringing their kids to see this film and it is just it seems to be the go-to reference that's being introduced every generation down which is interesting because when you look at the cast and the people involved in it they're not really kids heroes Mm. you can't imagine i don't know i wouldn't imagine eddie redmayne to be the kind of person that you wouldn't say when i grew up i want to be eddie redmayne yeah
1: you wouldn't dress up as him
0: Ever. I wouldn't, do you?
1: <laughs> I don't think
0: I would. Okay, I we have cleared that one up. Uh, yeah, it's been really busy this week. I think it's got that effect everywhere because everyone, by default, whatever they've heard about this film, good or bad, they want to see the new Harry Potter film. And I know it's not the new Harry Potter film, but it is. It is within that world.
1: It's the wizarding world.
0: It's the wizarding world. And it's a <laughs> world that everyone knows and will always come back to. So now that everyone else is coming to see it, you've seen this film. I I've have seen, seen this film.
1: film. I really liked it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm. You gonna... say
0: that as if I a- was as about if you're gonna to attack, attack me. you. <laughs> yeah.
1: I never really liked the Harry Potter films, honestly. Oh my
0: God. Yeah.
1: I, I love the books. I, love, I had all the um, Stephen Fry tapes that he would read them. They're, they were great, by the way, if you're looking for some audiobooks. I never liked the films so much because I never felt like they had enough time to deal with everything that was in the books. But now that they, they've gone the, the other way, they're making five films out of what, what could have been, I guess, one or two books. I mean... It, I know it's not books, but... No,
0: but it, it was... It is one book. the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It is a... It's, it's not a
1: story book, though.
0: It's not, but it, it is a book that J.K. Rowling wrote under the alias of Newt Scamander, and it is this guide that Harry and his friends would find in Hogwarts to navigate the world of Fantastic Beasts. So it is a book that exists that people can buy and read in the real world, but they've made this whole other world out of it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's working to their benefit. I think that J.K. Rowling has time to develop a five-film strategy, and nothing is feels like it's getting left out. I think the really strong thing about this film in comparison to other films that have come out this year that are other sort of blockbusters or, you know, rely heavily on action and special effects and bring in lots of audience and money, they have this one big issue that I've talked about before where they, for some reason, they just ignore dialogue and it's... Oh, man, dialogue is so appalling in some of these blockbusters. What
0: do you mean they ignore dialogue?
1: As in it feels like everything is so special effects and action driven that dialogue feels like something they're coming to fifth on their list Mm -hmm. and they're like oh just just put in some words in between and it's so bad I, i think the worst case was ready player one but this is completely different it feels like the writing's coming first there's character development that i've enjoyed there's a lot of characters but none of them feel like they're not develops in any way. I, I really had a great time watching
0: it. I mean, so did I. And I'm also very glad that I didn't hear from anyone else before going to watch it. When I went to see it, there was just a couple of reviews from the US which all had very bad headlines. People did not enjoy this film. But it wasn't that much that I knew what they didn't like or anything. So I just went into it blind, which I think really worked. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Now, I rewatched the first Fantastic Beast a couple of days before Because I hadn't seen it in a couple of years I don't like the first film It was a film that I was very excited for And I really like all the Harry Potter films And the first Fantastic Beasts film To me it just feels like two films in one There's the bit where Newt Scamander is trying to find the Fantastic Beasts Which is nice and fine And then there's a second bit of the film Where he gets wrapped up into this very dramatic story About trying to find Credence And you know dark forces And everything that you'd expect from the Harry Potter stories, but there just wasn't the first two thirds of the film. So yeah, to me, it felt very uneven. And therefore, I was not very excited going into this film. But I think it kind of stuck with the way that the first film ended. So it's bad in a sense that I don't think the Crimes of Grindelwald cares much about Fantastic Beasts at all. Like there's just, they're there, but that's not the story at all. But it's just stayed on this very dark, underbelly of good against evil and all of that, which is what all of the Harry Potter films were, and I think it works.
1: Yeah, do you feel like there's more of a reason for New to be in in this storyline than there was at the end of the last film with Credence?
0: I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I understand why New has been chosen because this is explained to us in very <laughs> clear terms, but it seems quite arbitrary as to why he is the one doing these things. It's like at the end of the Harry Potter franchise you just think okay well we want to make more stories but which characters do we have left whose stories we haven't told so like oh new he's got a story so you kind of indulge him with chasing after these creatures for a while and you think well hang on hang on on. we need good versus evil we need him to be the good guy and so in this film (laughs) you have young Dumbledore played by Jude Law. He's, you know, very good in this role. And you have him just enlist Newt. So he kind of lists you a number of reasons before you can question it, but to me they still don't make that much sense. First one is, Newt is Dumbledore's former student. Fine. Okay. But also, Dumbledore has a lot of students. Why Newt? And then he just goes, there's a lot of nice, really quotable lines about Newt, like, Dumbledore says of Newt something about him not caring about power and about Newt just asking whether something is right now That's fine, but I don't think that's a quality which is like inherently Specific to Newt Scamander. I think there's like just all of the good guys in the Harry Potter universe and in every fiction story ever Ask if something's right. It just doesn't make sense. It's like this guy knows about creatures And you're now like, here, defeat the, you know, the most powerful dark wizard of all time.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, as a result, this film feels like the beasts, because there has to be beasts, there's beasts in the title. It feels like those beasts are kind of shoehorned in, or, oh, it's been half an hour, there hasn't been a beast, let's throw one in. Which, I I mean, it's lovely to see, the special effects are absolutely unbelievable, and the production design, is that it all melds together really well. But there doesn't seem a reason for there to be this big, uh, you know, elephant sized tiger or whatever.
0: I think it's something that when we're talking about it now, I dismiss it and I find it quite funny because I find the whole thing so entertaining that it makes me not care so much about logic when I really know that I should, but I think I would if the film was boring or unimpressive but I was into it the whole time which meant that all the things that I should care about like why anything happens that comes second
1: maybe it's the kettle for me certainly it's the case that there's a lot less focus on Newt's character than there was in the first film because they have all the characters they had there they had quite a few in the first film and now they've got even more to deal with and they're sort of running the parallel almost protagonist storylines of Credence and Newt. And Zoe Kravitz's character, Lita, and even Grindelwald has his own sort of storyline to go through.
0: Yeah, there's so many characters and they also get the kind of story that I really like in that it focuses on everyone's love life so much... This is not something that needed to happen at all. Well just because when you've already got that tug of war between the fantastic beast and good versus evil, why are you going to throw in this whole like romantic web around the whole thing? I mean it was very enjoyable, but it just made me think of the half-blood prince in that the film at least when everyone at Hogwarts is just obsessed with getting with each other all the time. When you look at the Wikipedia synopsis for this, the word love potion is used like three times. And there's a lot that happens in that film. And in that book, I think it was my favourite book. But the film is just so different. And so it's that same kind of thing that happens in *Crows of Grindelwald, when you've got so many love triangles happening at the same time. You've got... So Newt reconnects with Lisa Lestrange, who was his childhood friend sweetheart who is also now engaged to his brother but then also he's thinking about tina the american witch who helped him in the first film so he's thinking about her and then obviously at some point tina and lita meet and then you've got jacob the nomad with queenie tina's sister and just Even just talking about it, I don't understand what I just said.
1: And Newt's bromance with Jacob, obviously. Newt's bromance with Jacob. That's the one I really care about
0: oh that's uh, beautiful and then uh, and then when they're giving each other romantic uh, advice yeah when they're walking somewhere and you just turn to jacob and he's like have you noticed that tina has very narrow feet <laughs> you just think to yourself you're like you you've got so many things going on and you're making me sit here for two hours and 20 minutes how do you have time to deal with all of this yeah,
1: and it totally interrupts the action as well like quite literally at points in the yeah. ministry of Magic there is a whole two, three minute bit where they just go straight for the romance. Yeah. Uh, And it's really awkward but I think it's really well done. And both the characters are are fantastically played and the the romance is there and it's struggling and I love it. Okay?
0: So do I. But in the Ministry of Magic, I think that scene between Tina and Newt is so well Mm. done. You've got this music that keeps coming back in. They've got their own romantic motif that comes back. It's literally like in La La Land or any other thing where there's just this very short melody that just kind of flows in and out of the story whenever the characters are thinking about each other. And it's the same composer who did Peter Pan and who did The Nutcracker a few months ago, James Newton Howard, and it's really beautiful. I loved it. But obviously there are some things that I didn't love, which are things that I realized after having seen the film and when I thought about some of the plot points, and also when I did some research, a lot of fans are not happy, simply because it doesn't make any sense. And it's the 10th film within the Harry Potter extended cinematic universe, which is what it's called. Officially,
1: it's the Wizarding World.
0: No, I don't think that's true. (laughs) So in the Harry Potter cinematic extended (sighs) universe, so I think you've got to make a choice that this film doesn't necessarily make. I think you can either embrace all of the Easter eggs so you know really revel in all the little clues that you're putting in showing how well it's connected to the rest of the Harry Potter universe so you know you can show elderly faces and sparkly rocks and all of those kind of things just all sorts of things that show people in which world you're in but then if you're going to do that You can't write storylines that deny the plausibility of any of it at all. So there are dates in this film that just don't make any sense. When the film goes back to Hogwarts, which is obviously really fun to go back there, and the design of it looks amazing, you're going back to Hogwarts and you're seeing Professor McGonagall. If we're looking at the timeline, this film is supposedly set in 1927. McGonagall is supposedly born in 1935? And yet, when you see her in this film, she is an adult teaching at Hogwarts. It, 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 what?
1: And that's a flashback as well. That's to when he's a kid. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: So, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's just not possible. No. And then at the end, right, I'm going to put a second Spoiler disclaimer here.
1: Please go away.
0: You know, if you decided not to listen to us, thank you. I'm really glad you like listening to the (laughs) podcast. But also, please stop listening now if you haven't seen it. So, right, at the end, Credence, his identity. He's revealed as Dumbledore's brother. Dumbledore's lost brother. Albus Dumbledore has a brother and a sister. So, Credence would be a second brother who hadn't been mentioned until this point. Again, when doing my research, Harry Potter fans were very... To point out that it's just not possible that Credence could be born, frankly, because he's Albus's younger brother. When Credence was supposed to be born, Albus Dumbledore's mother would have passed away, and his father was in Azkaban. So it's not possible. And also, this is a thing that I didn't realise. So when I watched the film and this big reveal happened, I was I was shocked. I didn't I, like, I didn't know it wasn't possible. So I was very entertained. And I thought, oh, this is brilliant. I'm having such a good time. And then when I got home afterwards, I just thought what i guess you could decide if you're either keep the easter eggs and make sense or admit you're doing your own thing put some kind of disclaimer somewhere that yes the this day- is
1: not set in the harry potter universe yeah sort of or it.
0: like it's set on a completely different timeline yeah. or something
1: with Prudence's character i think the prevailing theory in my head is that grindelwald is is just lying and he's not a dumbledore and it's it's a kind of ploy to create some conflict in the next film that's the only thing that i'm holding on to that makes sense at the moment okay uh, so i'm really hoping that's true because if if you're right and he is a dumbledore then i'm gonna kick off
0: i guess it could make sense that grindelwald is lying but i don't know there's the whole thing with the phoenix
1: yeah again could have been a trick yeah. Grindelwald's sneaky, sneaky trick.
0: Gr- Grindelwald is is notoriously sneaky, that's true.
1: And on that point, I think he regrettably I have to say this, but he is played very well by Johnny Depp.
0: Yeah. No, he is. It's really difficult because I don't know if he's played well. From the moment that you see Grindelwald, which is what the film opens on, as that's what the previous film closes on, I felt very uncomfortable and a bit unnerved and just a bit just a bit weirded out by it. But then I don't know if that's because the character is very well designed, directed, played, or whether it's just my own apprehension towards the actor. So I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, I, I finished watching the film and thought, God, I hate that character. And I hate his presence. And whenever it's on screen I feel bad, but then I don't know if that means that it's a very good character.
1: Well, either way they're trying very hard to make it, despite your feelings about the actor or, or my feelings or whoever, they are trying to make him as evil as is possible. You see yeah. him kill a child at one point. The references they're making to sort of World War Two and he becomes this authoritarian figure who's very good at rallying support and it feels a bit, not a cliche, but kind of unrelatable and movie villain.
0: Well, yeah, and, and you make a good point about the World War II references. It's that I don't think I needed a reference mm. to the Holocaust to know that Grindelwald is bad. <laughs> it's just another thing about this film that makes me think, why have you done this? Why did you think that you needed to do this? to keep people on board I think they're doing a lot of things right and as you say it looks amazing and I think a lot of the characters are very well fleshed out all of these shocking details it just makes me feel a bit weird
1: what can help what can they do in the next film you think that will make it a stunning third instalment uh,
0: they need to calm down they really <laughs> need to chill out a bit I think in the third film I would like them to just focus on the main storyline. Like just to focus on the main things. And I guess at this point it's difficult because they've teased out so many different strands in this one. I think they need to focus on just a simple good versus evil battle. They need to focus on Grindelwald being taken on by the good guys. And just that... Folding out. Obviously, it would be good if some beasts were involved.
1: Or they could just call it Fantastic Beasts: colon There Are No Beasts in This Film.
0: They could do that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would. That it. that would both be very clear and also very elusive as to what actually happens in the <laughs> film, because that would be all we'd know. I think if if the franchise's focus is going to be on Grindelwald, then they need to keep it on that. Mm. And if anything, rebrand it to not be Fantastic Beasts. Just rebrand it to be Dumbledore versus Grindelwald. Just like, just be clear with me. Just Bring back Harry Potter. Bring back Harry because Potter. Because time
1: doesn't matter.
0: Oh, literally. Like, they <laughs> at this point, they could just bring anyone back. And it would, we, we just have to believe it because that's what they're feeding us. Grindelwald should be taken down. Some beasts should be fantastic. Also, one detail that I have to say, which does annoy me about this whole world. After watching the film, I went and did some research about where various people came from. I literally just went to look up the title of Tina's job. So there's this whole Wikipedia universe for Harry Potter, everything. So it's all like very thorough. And I was looking on her page, it puts so many details that I know we're gonna be told in the next three films. So I know loads about her love life now, which I know is gonna be the main focus for, I'm gonna say film number four.
1: Where did they get all this information?
0: I don't know. I know enough about Tina's love life now, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Well good, I look forward to seeing that love life come (sighs) to life on screen.
0: I did really enjoy this film, but I just feel like the more I talk about it out loud, the more I understand why everyone else didn't. But I do want to kind of hold on to that two and a half hour window when I watched it, when I was amazed and had a great time.
1: So how great a time did you have, Ella? We have to evaluate this film linearly according to our scale that we make up every week. So this week I've decided to go, and this is harking back to the first film slightly, but I just couldn't resist. So how many Nifflers would you chase in order to see this film? They're particularly scrappy, the Nifflers.
0: I knew you were going to bring the Nifflers. I knew it. I They're think so cute. They are very cute. I knew it was when I said creatures earlier. I saw your eyes kind of light up a bit. And I thought, oh, yeah, he's going to bring up the Nifflers later. And then when you didn't mention them, I was like, yeah, he's saving the Nifflers. <laughs> um, no, the Nifflers are very cute. Now, what, I want to give two ratings to this. Can I do that? I'm, well, well, I'm going to do it. but okay. I'm going to do it. I think I'm, I'm going to borrow two thirds of the rating that our good friends at Little White Lies do. Now, their rating system involves giving a number of scores where the first one would be in anticipation, the second one would be enjoyment, and the third one would be in retrospect. Now, I'm not going to steal their rating system completely, but I would like to give two different numbers of nifflers. The first one referring to my enjoyment while watching the film, and the second one the number of nifflers that I would chase now that I've thought about it. Because as you said, nifflers are scrappy mm. and you know i'm not that fit it's, in
1: retrospect it's... it's a bit of a hassle to chase all these nifflers exactly right. yeah
0: while watching this film and just for the thrill of it all i would have chased four nifflers because i was having such a good time the adrenaline that this film gave me was enough to chase four but now that i think about it the illogical world that these nifflers live in it's just not enough energy for me to chase four so i chased only three nifflers
1: Wow, that fourth Niffler is going to get away with all of the gold.
0: Oh, it's going to have such a nice life. <laughs> how about you?
1: Personally, I would I'd stick with four. And even in retrospect, I'd stick with that because, as you said, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems I have with timeline and everything and criticism. But I did have such a good time watching it. And it, it was made so much better by how much I have been disappointed with other films this year. And it didn't disappoint me. So for that reason, I I think I will chase forward to see the next one as well.
0: I'm glad. But hopefully you can chase them all the way into the next film and hopefully they will multiply again and there'll be more Nifflers for you.
1: That would be great. If it was just a film about Nifflers. (laughs) Fantastic
0: Nifflers and where to (laughs) chase them.
1: (laughs) So you'll have to tune in again in a couple of years when we talk about the next film. But for now, what do we have coming up in the next couple of weeks? Next Friday, we have the... girl Sorry,
0: Dan, did you just ask yourself? Yes,
1: I did. <laughs> Ella does not get invited to speak on this podcast anymore.
0: I'll just be chasing Netflix. Do you That's want to answer? No no, 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 no. No, it's
1: fine. You answer.
0: Please, Dan, tell us what we've got coming up in the next few weeks.
1: We've got The Girl in the Spider's Web, which is the new... Stieg Larsson but also not Stieg Larsson, a film of a book that has a new actress playing the same character. It's all very confusing. Uh, We also have Robin Hood which uh, it shouldn't be exciting for anyone and then later in the month we have the new Wreck-It Ralph film which is very exciting, I can't wait, and then Creed 2 the same day, the sequel that everyone was asking for.
0: Great, so pretty different kind of month. Are you excited?
1: I'm particularly excited for Wreck-It Ralph, yeah excellent uh, but the rest of it I, i'll see it and hopefully be pleasantly surprised
0: yeah i i look forward to ralph breaking the internet as i think it's long overdue that someone rose the occasion i guess we'll see how the month plays out if you have any thoughts on any films that we should talk about in particular please get in touch with us we are at Matters pod on twitter or you can email us we are matters at gmail.com We hope you enjoyed Fantastic Beasts. We hope you enjoyed listening to us if you didn't. We really hope you stop listening if you haven't seen the film. And we will see you next time.